this is something, you know, because uh, uh, I've pastored before where, you know, when you start pastoring, you feel like you have to do everything yourself. And it's so, so much fun to just be able to, uh, really our purpose, even coming here this morning, is, is to equip you guys. Uh, you are the ministers. You are the, you're the ones that go out into the world where you're at that nobody else can go. And you, you carry the light where you go. So I, I want to encourage you, when, when you come here on a Sunday morning, it, it's, it's like you're going to get filled up with, with what you need to, to, to be a minister where you're going. And, and begin to plan on that. But God, God, what do you want to do through me this week? I'll tell you, you, me just standing up here, I don't have a choice. It's like, I got to come up with something, you know. And so I go to God and I say, God, help me here. Because all these people are going to be looking right at me, expecting something from you. And, but we should have that same attitude. They don't know it, but where you're going in the world uh, God wants to speak through you. Amen? He wants to make a difference in you. So anyway, I just, I just want to express gratitude for everybody that's, that's helped. Everything that you do here, even, even just praying for us, it's making a difference. It's, it's, and God is, God is moving here in a great way. I, I just really want to put a, a big expectation and demand on this. Like my, um, my wife, I, I think, mentioned it, and then uh, Lindsay just now. It's been on, really on my heart to, man, we got to be praying more. Uh, God responds to prayer. He's wanting to do things in the world, and he's going to do it through our mouths. It's kind of amazing. And, and I want to encourage you in this because it's not natural for us to even just want to, uh, nothing personal, I, and I don't know where, we're all on different Levels, I don't, know if, I don't even know, think you should call it levels because we're really all on the same level. It's all by the blood of Jesus. But there's a, a different familiarity that we can have with just being with God. And there it needs, let's, let's start pushing that. Let's start saying, hey, I can hang out with God and, and not feel awkward after five minutes. You know? <laughs> just, uh, let's just kind of do that. And so, like she said, uh, every, every day at, at 12, we're praying. We're gonna we're gonna exalt God. We're gonna talk about something from the Scripture because you know we we want to we're, we're going by what God says on things, but then we want to just magnify Him for a while, so our, to where our prayer isn't coming with a focus on what we're up against, but it's coming from a from a focus on who's over it, Amen. And so I encourage you. Let's be doing that. But also on my heart has been to uh, to to have a time of fasting. Because, you know, when we're up against something big, every time in the Old Testament, when the enemy was coming against them, what did they do? They said, let's fast. Why? Because there's other things that are pulling on our focus in our life, other gods in our life, that unless God has our full attention, our prayers aren't really what they could be. So it's not enough to just fast and say, oh, what are you, what are you doing without today? It's not, it's not about what you're doing out with today. It's what you're getting today. Because you're setting something else aside. So I encourage you. We, you know, we got the ladies thing coming up this next weekend. And, they, and I thought, well. <laughs> but you know what? You can fast something every day. There's, some, there's been a forced fast upon America today. <laughs> you know, they, they told us we couldn't go to work for a while. A lot of us, are, you depend on work, don't you? It's a part of your life. And I know it didn't hurt a lot of people in this place. Praise God. You know? I, I know that there's people being blessed. <laughs> just had a grand opening yesterday. You know, God's still, you know, blessing people. But a lot of things, you know, sports, all these other things have been, we've been, and all of a sudden you find out you can live without something, don't you? Who, who would have thunk, you know? But, but what else is replacing that then? 
Every time there's something taken away, there's something that can replace it. And so that's kind of the concept of, of fasting. Let's let that be that. Let's take something away, and let's put God in it. Amen? You know, there's, there's, there's things in our life that it's an intentional thing. It's not something where you are, you are uh, uh, earning something before God. It's not merit. It's just you saying, you know, within my heart, it's kind of like that song we sang today. Boy, we're going to get some more good stuff out of that song today too, okay? But... It's like, here, here I am. I, I, like, I like just going before God and say, God, here I am. Here I am. And just not have an agenda, just say, here I am. Here I am, God. You got me for the next 30 minutes. You got my full attention. I put my phone off. I put everything else off. You have my full focus. You know how novel that is? You know, they call this virus novel, you know how, how novel it would be just to give God some full attention for a while, you know? All right. Well, praise God. I've, I've got something today. This is going to be my last installment. Have you been blessed? We cannot encounter God unless we're actually acknowledging Him. But when you begin to acknowledge God, just get ready because He's way more. He's way more than a little box that we want to put Him in to kind of to help us out in our life. Amen? And it's like, each one of these things, I, I thought, well, I'll be done last week, and I thought, but there's holiness. So we're going to talk about holiness today. But there's holiness. Can you leave that out? No. And we're going to see how important holiness is. Um, so, again, when we, when we talk about holy, there, there's immediately this, this religious... You know, we get into a religion, it's holy, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> and holiness, it's, and, and it is, but, but I'd like, what is it? What is it about God that makes him holy? Amen? So I want to just, I, I want to just back away and, and, and look at this, even this word that we have for this, um, in a way that for me is going to be helpful. Can you be there with me? Just be helped by this today. <laughs> All right, we got some stuff we're going to get through here real quick. Can you, can, you, can you listen fast today? All right. So what's the definition? And, and you know, I went through and I said, you know, there's a lot of, I, I don't want to just be religious. What, what is, how does this re- apply to us? What is it about holiness? You know, it, it's kind of, well, see, it can be just kind of foreign or kind of alien to us almost. He's a most holy God. Well, what in the world is that, Okay. So let's look at this English word, what it, uh, it's the, the, the origins of it here. The English word holy dates back to at least 11th century with the Old English word halig, an adjective derived from hail or whole, which was used to mean uninjured, sound, healthy, entire, complete. Does that sound like a good thing? The Scottish hail, health, happiness, wholeness, is the most complete modern form of this old English word, root. There's nothing really religious about that, is it? It's just being complete, being whole. I like to think of it as being pure also. Because that's part of being whole. Amen? Okay, let's look at this. The biblical does say it's exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness or sacred. 
Okay, so there is that side of it. And we're going to see that when, <laughs> we're going to see that when, when something is, is whole, complete, right, it puts it in a position of functionality also, okay? What is the purpose of holiness? What is the purpose of what we just saw? Something being complete. Why is healing so part of God's heart for us? What happens when you're, when you're sick? Hello, I'm not coming to work today. I'm not functional because I'm sick. Right? I, I can't operate. If, you get, if you're not whole, if your body's not whole, a part of you is not functioning, is it? It's not complete. It's not able. So there's a purpose if you can follow me on this, this, is, this, is, this goes right to who God is. There's a reason why he's holy. It's because he's very, very functional. There's nothing about him that keeps him from being fully functional in all his power, in all his might. If he was, if he was corrupt in a single way, he'd be disabled in every way. But he's not. <laughs> Have you ever known anybody that's like holier than thou? Did you know that everybody is to some degree? They think that what they have, you can talk to somebody on the street corner, and they have an opinion that they feel elevates them up above somebody else. Why? Because they think they are right about something, right? <laughs> to a certain degree, it's kind of why they're where they're at. That's why all of us are where we're at, because we followed what we saw as to be right. Holy to some extent. And if you ask us, we'll have an opinion about it. We'll defend it. Is that right? So, the purpose of holiness, wholeness, purity, rightness, is to establish a basis for functionality. No fault, no blemish can operate, can operate without corruption. Okay? When, when it's holy, it can operate because it, it isn't corrupted. So, I, I thought about it this way. You know... Um, my wife got a, a wonderful new car. Actually, we had some, some members here that showed us their new car uh, uh, on Friday. I encourage you, plan on being with us on, on, on uh, our worship nights. It, it's a time that we set aside to just say, Holy Spirit, you move however you want to move. We're going to take our time. Sunday's here. I encourage you to start inviting people here on Sundays. That's, that's what this is about. Amen? And it's up to you guys to bring people in. People that don't know God. Find somebody that doesn't know God. Amen? Because they're going to encounter God. They're going to be changed. Amen? Uh, where was I? Okay. Uh, on Friday. Oh, so the car. Right. So, you know, you can take a brand new car, and it can be fully fun. Don't, don't you like driving a new car off the lot? It smells good. If it has leather, it smells like leather, you know? And, and even, even the smell of going down the road, you know, even when it gets hot, it kind of has a nice smell to it, right? <laughs> I know, you, you, you're used to working with... Now, Michael, what Michael does is he'll take an old messed up truck and he'll make it look brand new. And, and, and that, that, there's an art to that, too. But what, what is it about a vehicle that makes it functional? Now, there's different aspects to this, and, and we'll see this real quick. You can take my wife's car. She's very good at taking care of her car. Man, she's got a vacuum on the inside. She's always cleaning up. She doesn't let you take coffee in there. She doesn't. 
because you know what happens when coffee smell, uh, spills? It smells, right? It, that, that cream starts to smell, you know, and, and what just happened? You know, it, it's interesting because there's another uh, <laughs> person that we know that if you just, if you, and I've done this myself, if you just, you know, go through the drive-thru, you just leave stuff in there, you, you know, it, it gets down the road, but something's not right, right? And if, if that same attitude begins to go along with how you're taking care of the engine, what happens if you just get a little bit of something in the engine? Doesn't take anything, does it? Has to stay clean, doesn't it? In fact, you have to put fresh oil in there, don't you? Why? Because it requires holiness. It has to be whole. It has to be pure if it's going to function, doesn't it? What happens with time? You let it become just a little bit, it just... Increasingly, that things are going to quit, isn't it? And what do you have to do? And Michael could help me out with this a lot better, but you have to go in and you have to make it right. You can take an old engine and you can make it right, but you're going to have to clean that thing up, aren't you? Completely. Is that right? Our bodies are made the same way, aren't they? If, if just a little bit of corruption gets in there, it could begin to, you know... <laughs> My wife, she's helped me out lately. You know, these, these moles that you get when you get older, you know, it's like, goodness. I actually have one in my armpit. Is that a weird place to have a, have a mole? I, I know I'm revealing too much, and my wife's getting embarrassed of me. But, but you know, <laughs> it's amazing how one little old mole, it, 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 if it becomes corrupt, it can kill your body. Can it? Why? Because you're not holy. <laughs> you're moly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, can we have some fun? <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, that was going a little too far, right? All right. <laughs> and what does it do? It, it, it ends up disabling you. It, something that's corrupt ends up disabling you. What happens in a relationship? One word spoken can corrupt a relationship, can it? Why? Because it's not holy. It's not complete. It's not pure. It's not right. Amen? What's the purpose of this holiness? To make us functional. Amen? You know, it's not enough to just sit here and soak up God. He wants to make us functional. (laughs) Don't you like this about our God? He's pure in every way. Now, here's one other thing that I, before I get into the, get, get into this, I'm already into it, aren't I? All right. What, what ha, you know, there, 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 there's a couple of people that I know in this room right now that if you go into their house, it's, everything has its place. And even if you go in there for the first time, you can tell if something's out of place. Why? Because everything else is in place. You know what I mean? And have you ever watched Hoarders? Try finding something out of place there. Everything's out of place, right? (laughs) When you encounter somebody that's holy, it begins to make you kind of look at yourself a little different, doesn't it? What's out of place in me? (laughs) It can be intimidating, can it? 
With God, it's actually a problem. It's a problem so big that he had to send Jesus to shed his blood so that we could actually get into the presence of a most holy God without being consumed. Amen? Are you with me? All right. This is a good place to be. Okay, we're going to go through this process. We want to just say, okay, so God is holy. Let's just say that. And then we're going to say, oh, because he's holy. Now I want to begin to respond to his holiness in worship. And then I'm going to allow that worship to take me to a place where I can identify with his holiness. That's his heart. He doesn't want us to just worship him as God. He wants us to take on his holiness. Amen? All right, let's get through this. Praise God. So recognizing God's holiness. Let's just acknowledge. Let's just say, okay, God's holy. I give you that, all right? Isaiah 6.3. And they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. What is this coming from? Isaiah had a vision, didn't he? He had a, a vision of God on his throne. And he had these angels around. They had six wings. Two of the wings would, would cover up their, his, their, their face. And then two would cover their feet. And then they would fly with the other two. This is going to be some cool stuff, isn't it, when we get to see into the spirit, right? I wonder if there's a couple of them in here right now, maybe. Wouldn't that be kind of cool, right? <laughs> there's angels in here. Amen? We operate in a spiritual realm. Amen? Uh, so, so we're going to come back to this, but just, just the acknowledging, just the recognizing of how pure he is. Those two people that I know of in this room, how much they intimidate me is nothing compared to how great God should affect us in his holiness. It should be something we go, wow, that's some perfectness. Right? That there is some righteousness. Okay, we'll see what it does to you when you do see that. But let's just say, okay, he's, he's, he's pure beyond our comprehension. All right? Exodus 15, 11. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. And here is the thing that we're going to get to later that we're just getting a little clue in here. What happens with a holy God? He's able to work because he's pure. He's uncorrupted by anything. Oh, you know the working of our God. We, we sang about it this morning. This is a move. This is a move. We need a move. We need a move. From who? From a most holy God who can move. <laughs> he's capable. Amen. Though he's high, and I like this, God talks about himself. Here's the thing that we need to understand. And a lot of times in religious realms, we want to keep God up and like, <laughs> we, we want to we practice social distancing with God because he's holy and we're not. But he says, no, I, I'm so holy, but here I am. I'm right here with you too. Amen. Oh, it's a necessary part of this. If we're actually going to know God for His holiness, we have to allow Him to, to recognize that He's here right now. In, his, in the magnitude of His holiness, He's right here. Amen? 
for this is what the high and exalted one says. Don't you want to hear what he says? E.F. Hutton, who are you? He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place. But also, in this wonderful, with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. What is that? That's somebody who doesn't consider themselves to be holier than anybody. Amen? Oh, we'll see this. Our holiness is completely a gift. Has nothing to do with us. Amen? To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. All right. So he is holy. And, and, how, and he's proven in his holy. So if you take somebody and you say, eh, eh, well, you take a car and you say, how do you prove if that thing is clean, if it's got good oil? See if it runs. <laughs> right? See, if, see, if, see how well it gets down the road. And it's just kind of, it's, it's almost like not nice. But how do you prove God's holiness? Because he does stuff. Because he is holy. Amen? But the Lord Almighty will be exalted by his justice. He's the only one can then, that can administer justice. Why? Because he's the only one that's holy. He's the only one. You know, it's really hard to administer justice from a corrupt position. All right, take that to heart. And the holy God will be proved holy by his righteous acts. Oh, praise God. This is how he operates. This is the necessity of holiness. is because it enables great power to be released. Amen? All right. So let's respect his, his holiness. Let's... let's do worship Him in it. What is that? That transforms our, the position we take in life at any moment in our life. I'll tell you what, just coming, acknowledging God's holiness will transform deliverance in your life. If you have an issue with something, what is corruption? That's, that's why we sang this song this morning. What is corruption? You know, people want to... People want to rename corruption so that they feel okay about it. I'm, I'm experiencing this, so if I, if I say that it's okay, then it's going to be okay. But you know what? It never is. You can say it's okay to not change my oil, and your car's just not going to run after a while. Amen? <laughs> there are certain things that just are not okay. You have to respect what God has to say about them. Amen? So, what it will do for you when you begin to acknowledge God, that He's right there, that He's holy, that He's pure. The thing in your life that, you know, um, grace, a lot of times people want to say that grace transforms corruption by the blood of Jesus. That everybody's okay now. It doesn't. It enables you to overcome corruption and to become free of it. Amen? So, but you got to get into a position of, of worshiping him in that, okay? To obey holiness, it positions you for purification. So let's go back to that. Remember that, that, that vision that Isaiah had of the angels around the throne, 
This is the most holy God. He's perfect in every way. And what it did to Isaiah, it awakened in him. Oh, my my goodness, something's out of place in me. This is what recognizing and honoring the presence of God in his holiness will do. It will put you in a position for worshiping him and being changed by him. And they were calling to one another. Okay, we're going on and on. This is, the, this is where we were just a little bit ago. These angels going around. And what they were doing is kind of cool. Is they were they're going, holy. And the other guy goes, holy, holy. They're going back and forth. Holy, holy, holy. It's almost like they're seeing something from a different part of God's perfection. And they just keep saying it. And they just keep saying it. And it's like, you know what happens when we actually worship God? Even in this place, what it should do? Puts us into a position of, ah, how amazing this God is. Amen? There's a purpose in our worship. It's not to just sing songs. Oh, let's go there. Amen? Because when his, when his holiness begins to be worshipped, it begins to change the atmosphere in the place. At the sound of their voices. At the sound of their voices. What are their voices saying? Holy, holy. The doorposts and thresholds shook. Wouldn't you like that? (laughs) And the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me. What was his response? Ah. Ah. I need another position. I don't feel comfortable here. This is not good where I feel right now. Because awakened in me is a realization of the requirement for purification. That is worship. Worship isn't just singing a song, raising our hands and turning on the smoke and the lights. That's not worship. Worship is when you say, here I am, God. There you are, holy. Come, transform me. Amen? That's the reason for the positioning. Raising hands in itself doesn't do anything unless there's a heart being transformed. Be impressed, impressed by God. I am ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among people of unclean lips. What is it? What's in our mouths? That's, that's where everything gets corrupted. It's in our mouths. It taints everything else, but that's where it, it, it comes, right? Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs of the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Praise God. Amen. Where did that come from? That came from a positioning in worship. What, was, what did God say about himself? He said, I'm, I'm high. I, I, I'm, I live in high places of holiness. But I, I'm right there with the person that says, I need your purification in me. Amen? I need to be transformed. I need to let go. You know what? There's going to be letting go. There's going to be some burning up of stuff. <laughs> I was thinking about this. because I, I spent a lot of time just med- meditating on this. And I thought, you know what? What are some other terms we use for holy? You know, people use it in vain, and they, they use it as an adjective to some very 
putrid things. You know what I'm talking about. Then they also use it that is something that we'll relate to right now is a holy cow, you know. Like I said, there aren't any holy cows. Well, you go over to India and you'll, you'll find some. Why? Because you're, they're not going to let you kill those things. Right? And, you know, you go back into your house right now, you're going to find a few holy cows there too. Anything that needs to die, needs to burn up, needs to be put on the altar, it's going to be something to us that's holy. Right? What is holy? That, that's something that you aren't going to allow to be burned up because it's too important to you. Right? It's going to be that thing. It's going to be that thing that, that when, the, when the, 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 the coal from the altar hits it, it's going to be that thing that, that burns up and you say, it's okay, it's okay because I want the holy God. Amen? Holy cows don't get to live in the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why God loved, you know, I was thinking about it. What did they do in the, in, the, in the Old Testament? They had sacrifices all day long, and they're killing holy cows. Why did they kill cow, cows? Because they were holy to the people to a certain extent. They were something of value in somebody's life that when they burn up, something very valuable to them was burning up. Part of their life was burning up. What would it be to us? It might be some different things in our life, right? But, but when you come in contact with the most holy God, he says, I need to smell some burning here. We need to have some burning going on, right? <laughs> so let's see what happens on the other side of this. So when there's a failure to be affected by the holiness of God, there's an embrace of corruption that's going to have a devastation that's with it. Isaiah 1.4. Woe to the sinful nation. Let's pray for our nation. Amen? You know, some, some very definite things need to happen. But what is the core of it? It started with this little taking God out of stuff. Taking God out of stuff. And, and saying, here, I'm open to some other ideas about things than the way God says about them. You know? That that little life in that stomach is not human. Even after it's born. Somebody came up with that. They did not get that from God. You know what? That turns a nation into a sinful nation. The only thing that's separating us right now from complete devastation is the holiness in the body of Christ. It's preventing it. And so that's why it's upon us to be holy. Amen? It's not enough for us to just say God's holy. God's saying, I need you to be holy because you are the barrier against the unholiness and the devastation of corruption that will take place. Amen? Woe to the sinful nation, a people whose, whose guilt is great, a brood of evildoers, children given to corruption. Isn't that sad? You know, I heard I heard a movie star talking about these these little kids that are that are killers in some of these neighborhoods. You know, it's it, they don't have fathers. They don't have all they know is the result of unholiness. You know, unholiness isn't just yours. 
it, it's, 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 it's communicable. <laughs> it's going to spread. It's going to affect somebody else. You know, we, we saw how, how God said, I, I, even, I, even, I even take it to the next generation. That's what God says about it. How do you stop that? You get before God and you say, God, you change me right now because I want my offspring to be affected by you. Amen? They have forsaken the Lord. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel and turned their backs on Him. That doesn't sound like worship, does it? There's consequences for that. Our country right now, let's pray. Amen? Now, I, I like praying with, with confidence, though. I don't like pl- praying from fear. Fear is not our place. Uh, so, let me keep going. All right. God is glorified in the worship of His holiness. First Chronicles 16, 29. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. So what do we do? We bring our hearts. We bring something financial. What, what, is, what is doing that? That's, that's placing value. You know, there is no honor without value. There is no honoring anybody without placing value upon it. And so it says, okay, so what do we do? We recognize the holiness of our God and its value in our life much more than anything else. All those other cows and all those other whatever they are in our life relationships, jobs, whatever it is, right? And we say, God, I'm going to place you, your holiness, your perfection, and I'm going to defer whatever you say is pure. That's what I'm going to say is pure. Amen? And what happens in that? You know, this is glorifying God. Sometimes we want to just sing a song about glorifying God, you know, glorifying God. We glorify you, we glorify you, we glorify you. There's no glorifying God without this. Amen? He's glorified in our worship when we come before Him and we honor Him and we see His holiness as something beautiful beyond all those other cows in our life. I'm going I'm to milk the cows, right? <laughs> Boy, some of this stuff has just fallen into place. I'm telling you. <laughs> so, so let's respond. Let's be changed. Mike, are, are you good with me this morning? Are you here with me still? All right. So when you do access, there needs to be transformation into his holiness. All right. Hebrews 10, 19 through 21. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. What happened when Jesus shed his, light, his blood on the cross? You know, there was this, how many have seen uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? You know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, that last scene, what happens? They open up the ark. Oh, and the, and the glory of God comes out, right? And, it, and it's not good for people that aren't holy, <laughs> right? And that's what happened. It, it consumed the one that was not holy, right? <laughs> And, th- and th- this was true. In the Old Testament, remember what happened? They, even the priests, they had to purify themselves completely. Offerings and everything. And then they still put bells on their, on their robe because when they went into the holy place, they would be consumed because of their unrighteousness if they weren't completely pure. 
And remember what happened when Jesus died on the cross? Thunder took place, lightning took place, and a veil that was very, very thick that nothing could have penetrated tore. You know how hard it is? Did you ever try to tear a, like, like a, a, a phone book? You know, and those, those, those real strong guys, that's what they do to demonstrate. And I think they cheat. I think they do something, and, you know, but <laughs> I don't believe they're actually doing it. Do you believe they're doing it? I don't think so. But anyway, <laughs> nothing, nothing that you could have seen was actually doing this tearing, but it tore. Why? Because the blood of Jesus purchased something for us, the direct access to the Holy of Holies. Amen. Now, we have to go by the blood of Jesus. We have to go there. And when we go there, we better be affected like Isaiah was. Causes us to tremble. Right? It's a new and living way open for us through that veil, through that curtain. We have access to the holiness of God. What is the purpose of that? To discover how purity transforms us in to functionality. We are not able to function in the kingdom. You know, there's a scripture that says, as he is, so are we in this world. There's none of that unless you're accessing the most holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. What are you doing? You're becoming that person that Jesus, or that God declared that he, he said, if you are contrite in spirit, what are you doing? You're accessing by the blood of Jesus. You're, you're putting yourself in that position where God is the Holy One and you're able to be transformed by him. You're accessing the Holy of Holies. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, okay, what I'm doing is I'm skipping, I'm skipping just a little bit to the 21st verse. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us do what? Draw near to God. You know how I said earlier, sometimes you can be intimidated by somebody that's, that's very pure and very clean and something. You think, well, man, you seeing my moles or what? You know, it's like, <laughs> as perfect as you are, do you ever see anybody like that? They don't have any blemishes on their face, you know? And it, and, and something, it's, it's nice to admire them, but you also start thinking, they're noticing something. They're noticing something. <laughs> but by the blood of Jesus, we can draw near to God. This is, this is what we need to do, okay? We draw near with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. You know what? Everybody wants this. You know, I wrote about it a little bit in the bulletin. If you happen to look on your app there, I've, I've got uh, all the notes there, and I got this little article that I did there. Because I, has anybody gone without a shower for a long time? I don't know if when you're deployed, I don't know if they do that to you. They make you 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 be off by your. Well, my my most recent one was you know climbing Kilimanjaro and and you know. Uh, we're pretty stinky by the time we got done with that, that, that there climb. Uh, you know, we, I took some body wipes, you know, you kind of wipe yourself off, you know, and, but, the, but that, you know, your hair's all oily, and, and I got really oily hair, but, um, you know, and, 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 and what do you want? You want to you wanna be clean, don't you? You know what? Everybody wants holiness. Everybody wants it. 
except for Tebow, my dog. For some reason, for some reason, you know, I'll be, we have an above ground pool. I'll be in the, in the pool and he'll come put his paws up on the edge of the pool, you know, and I'll, and I'll, uh, my hands are wet and so I'll, I'll touch his head and, you know, scratch his ears and stuff. You know what he does immediately? He goes and rolls in the dirt. And he doesn't like clean water. He likes dirty water. He's a weird dog. But it's, it's, it's kind of a good analogy, too. You know, the only people that are comfortable with their stinkiness and their dirtiness are people that have never been cleaned. You know, there, there, there's, there's some places actually uh, in the world that you can go and people, uh, they're, they're more comfortable being dirty because they've never, they haven't gotten used to being clean. Kind of scary. All right. But there's, there's a desire in each one of us for what the, the washing does for us. And we'll see what this is. Okay. So there's a transformation. We're going to have three things that we're going to look at that need to take place for transformation. Are you, are you excited about this? Are you going to be affected today? All right. So what you have to first of all do, because this is not an outward in process. Holiness doesn't come from the outside in. It comes from the inside out. That's why Jesus had to come. Because it wasn't working. All those holy cows were not working. We had to make you holy on the inside first. Here's the beautiful thing about being a new creation in Christ. Is he makes you that new car on the inside. The problem is you're still covered up with a bunch of mud and stuff. Right? And so you have to start working out that salvation. You work out the holiness. Amen? But you have to take on that identity. This has to happen. And you have to lay claim upon it. You have to say, no, you know, we, we did this this morning. You have to lay claim upon it and say, no, I am righteous. I am holy by the blood of Jesus. I'm a new creation in Christ. 1 Corinthians 1.30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God, that's what we talked about last week, remember? That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. We have this. It's a, it's a part of our nature now. You know, Tebow, it, he's, he's a clean dog on the inside. I just haven't been a good enough master for him. Maybe, you know, I took him out for a walk yesterday with Braden and he said, Braden said, I think we should give Tebow a shave. I said, <laughs> Man, he'd really look funny if we gave him a shave. You know, he's got all that curly hair on him and stuff. <laughs> and you know, if, if, if you did it enough for him, he would start to identify with it. Because he's really a clean dog on the inside. My wife won't agree. You know what? You know what? We, we might have some things where we're going to want to go roll in the dirt. We want, because that's what we're used to. That's what our life has been. That's where we feel comfortable. But when we become a new creation, there's purity inside of us that's crying out for an encounter with the washing. We've been on the mountain too long. Amen. Are you good this morning? This is good stuff, isn't it? Aren't you glad for good stuff? Discover what that identity looks like. Okay, so. I was thinking about it this way. You know, how do you take somebody that's never had a shower before? You say, well, look over there. There's a shower. <laughs> right? and, and, and there's going to be a before and an after. 
And you might show them a before and an after, right? You say, this is what you look like before you take a shower. This is, what you, this is how healthy you are before you get... This is, this is how healthy you are after you take a shower, right? You don't have fungus anymore. You don't have, you know, all, all this nasty stuff, right? You can even get rid of blemishes on your face, you know? <laughs> but you have to discover what it looks like. Where do you discover that? And this is the wonderful thing. What, what, did, the, what did Isaiah say? He said, I have, to have my, I have to have my mouth changed. The corruption is in my mouth. The corruption is in my words. The corruption is remedied. It's cleaned by the word of God. Amen? John 17, 17. Sanctify them. What is sanctify? Braden has begun to use this in his prayers. I love this. I put him to bed at night and he keeps saying, God, sanctify us and sanctify everything and sanctify the world. He says it like that, and it's just, just really wonderful, you know. <laughs> but what is sanctify? That's purify, isn't it? Clean. And there needs to be this prayer. There's, there's this desire. God, and how does that happen? Your word. Your word is what shows us what shampoo is. Shows us what deodorant is. You know what I mean? Because we're clueless. We're Tebow's in the yard until we get brought in and shown what a shower is. Right? That happens by the word. Is this fun? All right. <laughs> Ephesians 5.25. Husbands. Okay. And, and all, the li- all the ladies are going to love this. Guys, let's just get past the husband's part because it's getting to the example. It's getting to the correlation that we want to get to, but we can embrace it also because this is who we need to be as husbands. That's not the point of this. Love your wives, and this is where it becomes very precious. Just as Christ loved the church, and what did he do? Gave himself up for her. For what purpose? So that we could get a ticket into heaven. Christ loved the church. Now, what is the church up made up of? Living stones. He loves every living stone, but he loves the living stones together. It's a church. He gave himself up for every single living stone, but with a purpose for there to be a church. Amen? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit as we're part of the body. We could spend time there, but we won't. But this is what he said he he gave himself up for. Why? Because God is a most holy God. He had to send Jesus to make us this way, right? And he his whole purpose was to make us functional, not disabled, not dismembered, whole. Complete, functional, right? And how did he do that? Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Isn't this amazing? It sounds too simple. Sounds too simple. But you know what? We're being exposed to word right now. And if we're allowing it, if we're receiving it, we're saying sanctify us by your word today, it's doing stuff on the inside here. It's allowing us to become Not just clean on the inside, but begin to be clean on the outside. Amen? 
What is necessary about that? Because the world needs to see a most holy God, not a compromised stone that you don't even, can't even tell if it's living or not. Is that stone living or not? I don't know. <laughs> Looks too much like the world. You know? <laughs> and to present her to himself as a radiant church. This sounds like there has to be a looking like God that's taking place. Amen? Without stain. What's that? That's corruption. Anything that's out of place. Or wrinkle. Or any other blemish. But holy and blameless. How was that done? Well, Jesus came and gave his life so we can identify with him. But then it's by the word that we're washed. If we're going to be holy, if we're going to be knowing God as a most holy God, we have to say, okay, if the word of God says this, it's going to become a burning fire for me. If God says it and I have a holy cow that says it's not right, I'm going to hear some as they are dying, getting burned up. Amen? Ever hear a cow do that when they're getting hurt? I worked at a feedlot, and it's like, oh, man, those cows are hurting. All right. There needs to be some hurting cows, right? Okay, and then we need to activate holiness by faith. Okay, so there's some things that we're going to have to do by faith. Now, these things don't make us holy, but we do them because we are holy. Can you see the difference? They don't, they don't qualify us for, for, for Jesus liking us or anything like that. But because we love God so much, they become things that we decide to do as an offering of worship unto Him. This is good. 2 Corinthians 7.1. Therefore, since we have these promises, how many promises do we have? A gazillion promises, right? Good things that we can have from God. Promises are only activated and experienced as they are coming from a functional vessel. Right? I, you're going to have to... That was by the Holy Spirit, all right? Okay. Since we have these brothers' uh, promises, dear friends, let us do what? Purify ourselves. So we've been given the access to these things. We've been made a new creation. But we have to take the Word of God and we have to say, what does the Word of God say? By faith, I'm going to comply with what the Word of God says. Jesus said it. He said, you have to obey. What is obedience? That's me deciding. If a most holy God said it needs to be this way, I'm getting in lockstep with him. Amen? Perfecting. Let's, oh, let me go back. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. So there's things in our body that our flesh is trying to tell us to do, right? That's why we have this time of fasting. This is a, this is a good practice time. We just say, body, I want to smell you as you burn, right? <laughs> and spirit. There's things in our spirit. that We can't have a spirit of lust. We can't have a spirit of, of strife. We can't have these spirits, can we? And you know what? Our will is completely involved. You know, we don't even get saved without our will. And we don't live holy without our will. How do we get saved? We get saved by faith, don't we? <laughs> by, uh, 
Grace by faith, right? Is that right? Yeah. Same way with holiness. It's been provided. We become holy by faith. We find out what holiness looks like in the Word of God. Oh, soap looks like this. Oh, this is how I'm supposed to look like when I'm clean. This is what I'm supposed to smell like when I'm clean. Oh, if that's what God says, then that's what I'm going to do by faith. Amen? Oh, this is good, guys. Because we want to be functional. (laughs) We don't want to be dysfunctional. God wants to use us in this time. We're a, we're a, right now, we're a relatively small gathering right here, but we can be powerful. There has to be purification, though. Amen? Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. This is up to us. Amen? We can say, you know, there's strongholds in our flesh. Those, we can't let those be excuses. Sometimes we want to exalt a stronghold like, oh, it's a stronghold. It's something that the devil's really big about. You know, it's like, no. God's holy. He says, be holy because I'm holy. Well, that doesn't mean anything to, to somebody that doesn't worship him in the beauty of his holiness. But you begin to exalt God. And now you're so impressed with his holiness that you say, you know, I think I'm going to be holy too. Because it's a decision of your will. And as soon as you get your will in line, faith. Faith can move a mountain. You know what a mountain can be? A stronghold. It can be, it can be anything in your life that corruption has brought. Amen? And there's victory on the other side of it. Oh, this is so good, guys. Amen? Aren't you glad for God's holiness? We can acknowledge Him. We can know Him in His holiness. We can know Him in His functionality. We can take it on for ourselves. Amen? We can say, wash me by your word. Second Timothy, we're here. We're, we're here to the end. Are you glad? All right. In a large house, there's articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common purposes. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes. Made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Why do we need to acknowledge God's holiness? Because the purpose of Christ coming to make us a holy, spotless church, functional in this day, we were called into the kingdom for such a time as this to stand up, pray for our nation. You know what really needs to take place in this nation? Hearts turning to God. Every heart that's bound in fear over whatever's going on right now is a heart that's not in the love of God. Amen? I want to encourage you. We're starting this, this time of, of, of fasting. And I, I encourage us as a body. Let, let's say we're going to be a church that's spotless and holy before our God. Amen? Uh, but I, I, I was inspired actually this morning to write this little uh, thing for today for fasting. And I just got it from Psalm 23. It says, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's a connection. Calling all our New Life 
faith church family members to walk together with us in newness of life in fasting through the next 21 days. As the path of life has seemingly taken us literally through the valley of the shadow of death in recent months, we are not without a promise with each one of those steps. Fear does not have to be our experience. As with all the promises that, that are ours, however, there's a qualification on our part that will ensure its reality in our life. From this single verse, there is much to draw from that will separate us from fear like no social distancing can. Though I walk, I'm just going to take each phrase and I'm just going to expand on it real quick. Can we do this? Are you with me? All right. There's an implication here that intentional motion is taking place. While other parts of this psalm refer to camping out for a while, this dark path is one that purposefully has no resting spots. To get through, the focus and motivation must be beyond the darkness of the surroundings. This will also affect the direction of the path. I like to put on my GPS on, on fastest route. <laughs> Let's not be utilizing the most, most waypoints, finding out how many parts we can know in the valley. But do just what it takes to not let fear become the norm. Don't you like it? They're talking about a new norm. The new norm is only the new norm for somebody who has been living in the old norm. My no our norm should not be formed by the world around us. Amen? All right. The valley of the shadow of death, okay? It's a valley that has boundaries. It is not an endless dimension. Sometimes when we're looking, we're going through something, it, it, it seems like it's, it's the end. The power of death is its perception of finality. What can be certain, however, is that this valley has a beginning and an end. That it will not last forever if we keep moving forward. I will fear no evil. Evil is the source of fear. Every step can be taken with a determined confession of faith against anything that evil has to offer. When we resist the devil, he must flee. Along with his fear and inflicting lies. We overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Don't you like this? It's, I will not fear. For you are with me. Who you're walking with has everything to do with your ability to make it through the dark time. As long as your company, your fellowship, your conversation is with those residents of the valley, there will be great temptation to hang out there with them. If your companion is the great shepherd, however, every step will be one of hope that his presence and words secure. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is the part of the walk where the loving correction of the shepherd is submitted to. It is in this correction that peril is averted and the cravings of the flesh that would result in a fall are disabled. Comfort comes with the assurance that those weights of the world will not keep us from focus on the one who will take us victoriously through. So, there's a part we have to play. Promises are ours, but we have to move. Amen? We can be functional. We can be fixed. We can be whole. We can be complete for the master's use. Amen? But there's a part we have to play. He's going to correct us.